The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Welcome to the Makers of Minnesota. I'm Stephanie Hansen, and we are on episode number 95. So if you know someone in the Twin Cities that's doing cool things, actually the full state of Minnesota, I'm getting excited. I'm in a podcast with some folks up in Ely here. If you know anybody that's doing cool things, let us know about it. We'd love to talk to entrepreneurs and business owners that are passionate about their businesses. Um, we are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, and we are on Facebook and you can always reach out to me personally, S. Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, at HBI.com. I tend to talk to a lot of food people because I like that. But if you are someone who's made an app or you're someone who's disrupting the service industry or you're making some really cool piece of art that you think is something that could be a business model down the road, just let us know. We're always interested in talking to new makers. And today we are talking to Tom Flanagan. Yes. Hello, Tom. Hello. So excited to be here. Yeah. So Tom and his dad took over a business called Max Fish and Chips. You yep. guys started, the original location was on Larpenter. Hamlin and Larpenter. Yep. And uh, I used to drive by that location when I was a little kid. My dad met a woman and her mom lived in the Larpenter Estates, like right next yes, door. Yes, right there. And I'd never been in St. Paul at that point. I was kind of a bratty kid from Bloomington. Oh, I was boy. like, oh, who would live in St. Paul? Yeah. And we could smell the fish and chips. Right. And I was always like, oh, let's go there. Because I remembered Arthur Treacher's fish and chips as yes. a kid. Yeah, that gets brought up a lot. Does I hear it? a lot of I never got to go to one, but I hear about them a lot. So what made you and your dad decide to not only take over this existing fish shack, we'll call it, but yeah. then start to expand? Because you guys are in... Minneapolis at 54th. 54th and Lindale, yeah. And then also um, on Snelling Avenue over closer to Highland Park. By McAllister, yeah. yep. Yeah. Well, uh, so my dad has a very long history in the restaurant industry in the Twin Cities. Uh, he started at the old St. Paul Airport when he was about 19. So several decades of restaurants. And... Which would be the old St. Paul Airport. Is that where Holman Field is yep. now? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So he had a place there. Uh, he also had a place... West 7th and Randolph in St. Paul. Uh, it was called Flanagan's, which is sure. our last name. Yep. And then uh, that turned into Danny Boy's Cheeseburgers, which was actually, that was the first time my dad and I worked together. I was like 12, 13 years old, working the counter. Uh, had a ton of fun doing that. Uh, fast forward to when we got involved with Max, I was a junior at University of St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to think about real life stuff, what I wanted to do, <laughs> and how I was going to pay all these bills and everything. Uh, my dad was looking for a new venture as well at the time. Uh, just It was listed on a website, bizbuy.com, uh, fish and chips restaurant for sale. And he, he found the listing and, and brought it to me one day uh, after I got done with class. So why don't we go check this out, You know, see what yep. it's all about. Uh, so we drove up there and had lunch. And anybody who had been going into the store around that time, it um, it wasn't quite what it used to be. Yeah, it, it had, had sort fallen of, down yeah, it had gone downhill a little bit. A little yep. bit. But we saw the core was still there, and it really got us excited because we were like, wow, we could 
make a few changes to this thing, and it's totally unique. No one else is doing anything exactly like this. Yep. Uh, right away got us super excited. Uh, there was really never there was really never any question about my dad and I working together. We have an excellent working relationship, and so we were super excited to partner up together uh, and give it a shot. Um, took us about six months to finalize the details, and then we took over July of 2011. And did you change much? I mean, other than maybe clean it up and what Ooh, was, there was your... a There was a lot of cleaning yeah. involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that's a fun story. So the first official day of us being the owners of Max, I you can imagine I was twenty twenty one years old, super excited about being being my own boss yep. and like, oh, this is great, like entrepreneurship. I was going to school for entrepreneurship at St. Thomas, so I felt like I'm living the dream. This sure. is it. So we go in there on the first day. And uh, really humbling because right away uh, we pull out all the old equipment and just start with the steel wool and degreaser and just like grinding out all this sludge and all yep. this nonsense that had built up over the years. I had long hair at the time and it's getting stuck to the walls and stuff like this. It was just, it, it was a mess. Totally humbling uh, experience for us. Um, so obviously that was that was big. We had to clean it up. Uh, we had to, you know, we... It's still very divey, and we wanted to keep that. Yeah. And even in our new restaurants, we want to keep it like it's – we want it to feel like it's been there forever, and that it's just part of the neighborhood yep. without looking dingy, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Uh, so definitely clean that up, some new booths. Um, and then there was just you know some basic restaurant things that we wanted to clean up. Uh, got rid of the cans of pop, uh, brought in fountain machines. Yep. Uh, the menu was where we made the most changes. Let's talk about that. Absolutely. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, it's fish and chips, right? Yes. Um, you have it so that you can get solo. So mm-hmm. just a piece of fish, no chips, no slaw, half, half chips and slaw. Right. And then classic full chips and slaw. So I like that. And then you've got different types of fish, the halibut, the walleye, cod, shrimp, clams, and then you even have chicken. Yes. So when we got in there, it was cod. And shrimp and clams and chicken, uh, and there were scallops as well. The shrimp and clams and scallops were all being pulled out of a freezer. Mm-hmm. So they were pre-breaded. And so we knew right away uh, those were popular enough where we wanted to keep them around, but we figured we had to start doing them to order like we were doing the fish. Sure. Uh, so that was a big change that we made. And the other change that we got some negative feedback on at first but in the long run, it's definitely been the right move, was they were using frozen French fries as well. Uh-huh. And that's uh, that's a big debate in restaurants is whether to go that route or not because the, uh, you know, the fresh cut made to order is way more work. Uh, they're more expensive. And hard to keep the oil at temp. Exactly. And they're a little more and, fussy. And quite frankly, they just they get soggy if they sit around for yep. 20 minutes because it's a real cooked potato. Uh, and so that was when right away where we got a little bit of, ah, oh, this isn't what it used to be. These guys are screwing it up. Uh, but now people are nuts about the fries. Yeah. And so you take the time and yeah, it is. It's a lot more work, but that's, that's like we thought with the shrimp and the, the clams and everything else. It's like for this to be unique, to not be long John Silver's, we need to do these things to order. Yeah. And especially, you know, if, if anyone has seen that building there at Hamlin and Larpenter, it's an old gas station has no business being a restaurant. The layout <laughs> is is nuts. Uh, we knew it was going to be tons of work, but we we had to make it work. And and you know, um, 
luckily, when we moved into Minneapolis, we were able to reformat the kitchen a little bit, so it made more sense. And now we're churning it out like it's no problem. Yeah. And then you're also at Target Field. Yes. And now that's just the walleye that we do out there. Okay. So the official walleye of Twins territory. All right. So I want to do something here that I yes. don't normally do, but you have something kind of funny. All right. So I was looking at your website and you have a uh, hiring, like, hey, we're hiring. Yes. And I I just want to read this like paragraph here. Oh, sure. About your hiring. Yes. I think it's very clever. It says, overall, Max is a pretty simple concept, but what we do, we do extremely well, and this includes our hiring of employees. We need crew members who don't take themselves too seriously or show up at work with three-hour monologues about all the drama in their lives. Quite frankly, no one wants to hear that crap because the rest of us want to goof around a little while we're at work. Ironically, we are not goofing about that. We know that a lighthearted yet hardworking nature brings about a better atmosphere for both guests and employees. Crew members will need to be versed in all duties of the restaurants. This includes operating a POS system, prep, cooking, expediting orders, BSing with the guests, and yes, all of us need to do the tedious jobs like cleaning. You'll be required to do some lifting, reaching, bending, etc. If you can backflip through a packed dining room, that's a real plus. <laughs> we can promise you one thing. There is not a lot of sitting around and doing nothing. If you've worked in a QSR restaurant before, you know that some days you will leave tired. We may do a lot of yapping and BSing, but we are always working. I thought that was really clever. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just like say it like it is. Yeah. Kind of the people that you're looking for. Tell me about employees. Is it really hard to attract them? So... <sighs> You know, employees in restaurants, it's, it's always really tough. Uh, I think, you know, the turnover, the percentage you always hear is like 300% turnover. Yep. It's like every three months you're bringing in new people. Uh, I think right now our newest employee has been working up for us for about nine months. So we have very little turnover. And I think that paragraph sums it up really well. We We really only hire people that we know are going to show up on a regular basis and are taking the job seriously how do you know though like when they sit down and they're all like it's you just can kind of tell i guess and this is honestly this is my my dad's area of expertise you know there's there's some things that you can only get from 30 years of experience in the restaurant industry you can look at someone and you can say that is a great hire Uh, and he's really been able to do that well uh we've also had really good luck with a few of the hires that we've made um, it's a first job for them. They're high school kids. Uh, and then, you know, when it is time for them to move on and, and a lot of them have gone on to college, which is super awesome, Yep, gone out of state, they have younger friends that they send our way. Sure. And, and so it's, you know, the, the people that do leave, they kind of understand the culture and what we're looking for in employees. And so they're able to right away, just send us somebody new yep. and it just keeps going over and over again. So... You bought the first restaurant. Did you guys break even on it right away or did you lose money? How much did you buy it for? Do you mind my asking? Yeah, it was, uh, so it was, we use sweat equity. Yeah. That's a common term, right? Most people yep. know what that, okay. Uh, so, you know, we, we've been paying it off for several years. We're done doing that now. Uh, it was $80,000 initially. Um, did that seem like a lot or not a lot? I, I, you know, I guess I, it doesn't seem like a lot to me. But. It's, it's tough to say. Uh, the the sales were not great yeah. when we took over. Uh, but like we said, there are a lot of things right away where we saw we could start making better margins on. Um, and, you know, just by the ways of cleaning it up and, and a few things like that, right away we're getting a lot more people in the door. So, yeah. you know, more people, better margins. It was, Did you market at all? No. 
We really didn't. In fact, that is something my dad and I are working on extensively now for the past few months because really up until then, for about eight years, we got by with word of mouth and honestly just free press. We'd open up a new store. People would be excited. We'd start at Target Field. People get excited and write about it and and stuff like that. So that's kind of new to us, the marketing side of it. Because I would think that... Um, your Highland location in particular. Yes. It's in kind of a newer building. It is. That wasn't restaurants before. It was nothing. It was an empty gas station for yeah. years and years. So yeah. I remember the first time I drove by it, I was like, oh, that's interesting, Max. Like, yeah. They're over on Larpeter. And um, I wonder, it's more of a challenge because you don't have any pedigree there. Right. It is. Yeah. And that's what we're finding. And that's been really interesting. It's It's sort of a, you know... The next challenge, my, my dad and I have decided that right now we've got our, our three stores plus Target Field. Mm-hmm. We're happy with that right now. Yep. And so we've kind of decided let's focus on these stores, try a bunch of different things, and try to make these locations as best as they possibly can be. Uh, whether that's new marketing or that's a new point of sale system or you know yep. wh- whatever it might be. Um, trying new things and really trying to master what we're doing at those three stores. Once we get that down, we can start thinking about, you know, more and more locations. Conquering the universe. Can right. we talk about the fish costume? Abs- I would love to talk about the fish <laughs> so costume. So whose idea was the fish mascot? And I'm assuming it's Mac. Y- yes. Okay. Yeah. His name fish. is his name is Mac the Walleye. Uh, he often gets talked about like he's a, a real person. Uh, it's it's usually me uh, that's really? that's helping him out. Yeah. Uh, no, that well, I suppose that that was marketing, wasn't it? Buying yeah. a, a giant. Fish suit. And I I first I, I don't know if you guys Instagrammed me or someone reached out to me. Yeah. And it was like, Hey, Stephanie, come on in. The personalized <laughs> Instagram message. Yes. yes. I sent out a lot of those. Yeah. So you were in the fish suit. Yes. I and I opened and I was like, wait, did he just call me by my name? Right. Yeah. I thought that was kind of unique. It yeah. was yeah. very unique. So, it certainly uh, got my attention. Whenever we post videos of, of Mac and he talks, uh, I usually dub the video over back at home and I have some filters I can put on to make myself sound like a fish. You're underwater, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I guess that's that's just kind of what we're going for because um we've done some paid social media marketing and it's just kind of it's so hard to tell with that stuff unless you really commit and do it over a long period of time to say how much is it actually working. Yeah, so you mean like paid Instagram or paid Facebook right, posts. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so that's always sort of been our approach with these things. It's like it's such a unique product. It's, it's filling such a niche. Let's try some really unique ways of telling people about it. There, At least someone maybe prove me wrong. I don't think there's any other restaurants right around here that have a giant fish. Nope. Runs around and waves at people when they're driving by. Nope. So that's pretty unique. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, stuff like just taking a little bit of time to dub over a video and send a personalized Instagram message to someone. Um, we just think that that distinguishes us enough where someone's going to take two seconds, like, that giant fish is waving at me. That's kind of cool. I should yeah. go check that place out. <laughs> that That's sort of what we're going for with it. I like it. I yeah. like it. Did you specialize in marketing in college? Or I did not, no. Uh, it was the, my emphasis at St. Thomas was entrepreneurship, which is just sort of a broad spectrum of and small did business. The, in entrepreneurship at St. Thomas, did they talk to you at all about marketing? Yeah, so I took a, uh, I think it was called entrepreneurial marketing class. Yeah. And so... Everything that you learn about in that class is small budget marketing. It's how to get the most for a little. 
Were there tips that you like think about now that maybe you'd utilize? You know, uh, that was 2011. So it's just sort of changed. And it was already outdated. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. That I've, you know, the uh, Zach from Love Your Melon has said, and yes. he took that same course. Yeah, yeah. But that whole social media aspect wasn't really a big part of the course. And for so many of you, that's become a really big part of the marketing. Right. Yeah. That's been really interesting because the, you know, the few marketing things that we did at the very beginning, we were running ads in the Pioneer Press, just yep. regular print ads. And you throw 500 bucks at something and say, oh, I hope. People saw that. Yep. But how do you, how do you know? Because unless you're giving them a you know a incentive to come back, you have no idea if anyone's you know seen what you're right. putting out there. Uh, we ran a few Groupons and actually had a ton of success with that. Every time we would send one of those out, we would sell out within a few hours. It was incredible. Uh, but then a lot of those people were coupon chasers, yeah, and so they they'd come, come in, they spend it, and then we mm-hmm. never see them again. Yep. So, uh, but I, I you know, and that was one of the things we talked about in that marketing class was. You're going to have to try a bunch of things, and it's going to be super frustrating because it's going to feel like you're throwing money at stuff, and it might not be doing anything. So what do you think has been the best thing that you've spent money on? The fish suit. Hands down. (laughs) Hands down. That was the best part. And no, I mean, you know, obviously. And how much did the fish suit cost? That was, it was about $5,000. Yeah. It yeah. seems like it's a professional it mascot. It was. It's the, the same company that makes. Uh, like Big Bird and exactly. Entertainment. Yes. Yep. All the MLB mascots and everything. Yeah. And and that thing's not going anywhere. Yep. You know, and, and we can see a lot of people in that suit in a short amount of time. I go and stand out uh, on Snelling for an hour and wave at people. How many hundreds of cars are, are driving by? I don't know. I think that's as good yeah. as anything else. Maybe, though, it's better for you to hire someone to stand in the fish suit. It's I think of, it's hilarious it's fun, that though. you're the owner standing yeah. there in the fish suit. No, I, you know, and that's that's part of the other thing with it is that my dad and I um, legitimately just have so much fun doing this. And How does uh, that work? I mean, I love my daughter and yes. she loves me, but yeah. honestly, being in a business together, I'm not sure I every know. day would be a picnic. You just do you, you don't fight. You we don't, don't disagree. Fight. No, it's it's. It's it's funny to me because I have such a great relationship with him when I hear other people say, like, I have no idea how I would be able to do that because we've never had any problems like that, my dad and I. I think at the end of the day, we are really similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so I think that, you know, we're never like butting heads on anything. Um, from day one, I've always respected the fact that he has 30 years of experience and that there are going to be some things where he knows what he's talking about. Sure. He's always respected the fact that I have a new perspective on things. Uh, there are certain things that I'm going to be better at, and he's allowed me to do that. And we've never, there's never been a case of, oh, I don't know, we're, we're going to go my way on this one. We've always talked things out and come to a group decision on it. It's pretty neat, too, I would think, for your dad to be able to be building a business that he can give to you when he's done. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I know it's one thing that, you know, years down the road, I'm going to be looking back on and saying, that, that was incredible that I got to spend. I mean, I we close on Sundays, uh, but I normally go over and have Sunday dinner with my parents. So, you know, for the past eight years, I've at least talked to my dad every every day for eight years and, and seen him six out of seven days a week. Uh, it's just incredible. I, I oh, I'm so that glad. Kind of makes me want to tear up. Actually. Oh no, I it's I nice. really it's 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 been so much fun. Can and we talk about the smell of your clothes? 
Do I smell right now? No. It's a, it's a small room. I hope I don't <laughs> smell too bad. I wish you guys could have seen his face when I said that. <laughs> you don't smell, okay, but I good. would think working in a fish shack that I, you would like smell like fish all the time. Constantly, yeah. Uh, so when we first started out, I lived at home. I was going to St. <laughs> Thomas, and, and I was living at home. My mom would always make me leave my jacket out on the porch because yep. it just reeked, and sure. then the whole house would just smell like fish. Uh, it's not a bad smell, but it's it's, it's a little overwhelming. A yeah. I'm just constantly doing laundry. That's the only way to, <laughs> to fight it. So that's funny. So you do get that smell sometimes. Yeah, there's no avoiding it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, if you were going to tell someone about getting into the restaurant business, we've been hearing a lot about the tipped employees versus non-tipped employees and counter service versus non-counter yes. service. Do you have any thoughts about that? You know, I I just think it's it's... It's a really tough line to walk uh, when you're you're creating a new restaurant because I think you want it to look the best that it possibly can, mm-hmm. and you want to have you want to appeal to as many people as you can. Um, but I've just found doing these things, and and this is for me. There are, there are a bunch of different types of restaurants that work. Uh, you have to keep your costs as low as possible. Mm-hmm. That's that's always the way to go, and don't let anything look cheap uh and don't cut on quality but you know when you're getting going in a restaurant when we opened minneapolis it took nine months longer than we thought it was going to for our build out out. yeah and so you can imagine that got pretty expensive after a while um but we were prepared for it we knew that that was a possibility uh and you know if you've been to one of our stores our equipment packages are very small too we got three fryers and some refrigerators, yep. and that's it for cooking equipment. So if you're going to get into the res- restaurant industry, make sure you keep those costs down and make sure that you've worked in a restaurant for a number of years beforehand because it's, you know, you, you read that paragraph earlier, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're going to be the person in charge, yep. you've got to be prepared to work 70, 80-hour weeks. And and actually know what that feels like to work an 80-hour week for six months. Yeah, to sustain it. Because it's exhausting. And if you don't really love what you're doing, and that's why it's been so great. I work with my dad. And like I said, we legitimately have so much fun doing this. That's how I'm able to work that hard. Right. Is because I get to do goofy things like run around in a fish suit for a few hours. And it makes him laugh. It, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but it's that. that's the biggest thing is you, you have to be sure that you – this is really what you want to do because once you dive in and you start actually writing out checks, like you're, you're in it, you know, you're going to have to pay everybody back and you're going to have to work really hard to do it. When you paid off the restaurant loan on the first restaurant. And by then I, I'm imagining you had, no, you probably didn't have another restaurant then. We did. We were opening up the Minneapolis store then. So what made you decide you've just paid off the first restaurant that had to be a good feeling. What made you decide to expand? Well, that was always part of our plan. Uh, you know, the, the one restaurant, um, for my dad and I, that was, that was not going to be enough for us. Yep. Uh, if we're both going to draw a living out of it, we have to have more than one yep. store. Uh, so that was a part of it, but also we saw all the momentum that we had going. Um, and we knew that if we go far enough away to a place like South Minneapolis, not so far as six miles away, yep. but it feels like a it long time. It feels like, yeah, very um, far. St. Paul people yes. will cross over to Minneapolis. Minneapolis people won't cross exactly. over to St. Paul. Yeah, we've, re- we've really found that. Uh, and we really like that neighborhood right there. Um, it actually, 
That one is right next to Annunciation uh-huh. Catholic School. Uh, that feels a lot like the neighborhood where I went to grade school in, which was Nativity yep. in St. Paul. And that's right by our, our new store here. Yep. And uh, that's where I grew up, was in a neighborhood just like that. And we knew that that would be a good fit for us. And so we wanted to get far enough away with the first one, uh, but also put it somewhere where we thought it would be successful. And then you kind of went back to the neighborhood again. Yes. Which is interesting because while they're both in St. Paul, Highland Park and that Larpenter area, they couldn't be more Super diverse. Super yeah, yeah. In terms of just different. And, and, you know, we – so, okay, here's another – if you want to get into the restaurant industry, sometimes yep. it help pays to think creatively – uh, we wanted to be a part of Highland Park because yep. that's such a great area for retail. Um, but if you're on Ford Parkway in Cleveland right around there, your rent is going to be a lot higher. And so we thought, where's somewhere we can go uh, where people are going to see us? There's a lot of traffic. We're still in that core, um, but the rent isn't as high yet. Yep. And then we found this this new building. Did you develop up. the building? No, okay. we did not. Someone else did. And there's yeah. three restaurants in there or two. There's us and ramen. The, okay. Yes. And is that good synergy to be next to another restaurant? Oh, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and no, nothing is finalized. I actually just saw there was an article about it in the Highland Villager. They're working on a new development for the rest of the corner there, mm-hmm. which would be uh, apartments and more retail. And I know that they have you know preliminary plans for more restaurants in yeah. there. That's fantastic for us. Uh, any form of retail that's bringing a lot of people to that area is great because they see our giant fish or yep. they see our sign and then they think oh there's another restaurant i'm gonna go check that I out i have a feeling there's more walking around in the fish costume in your future there is so much <laughs> yeah so so much i need to get comfortable shoes for that uh no the the having ramen right there has been great um because usually no one's driving to that space right there and thinking i don't know if i want a salad or if i want fish and chips yeah you know so it's not like we're really competing yep. in that area well, I really appreciate talking to you. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. I will uh, see you in the fish costume, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yes. And um, can you, what is the voice that you use, or is it all I, just I dubbed out Yeah, I can't computer? duplicate it, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have you say so long, because it's kind of like this weird underwater voice yeah. that you use, too. Right. If anybody wants to hear the voice for themselves, our YouTube channel, he's all over that now, so they I can love it. take a look. Thank you, Tom. Of course. Thank you.